Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. Lots of gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got a score with Smith, unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it, Ashton have won it. Hi there and welcome back to the Matchday FM podcast with myself, uh, Joe Richardson, as we once again discuss racing and the Qatar Goodwood Festival, aka Glorious Goodwood, which starts on Tuesday. Running for five days, it's always been a great social occasion along with the racing, albeit this year the first four days will be without a crowd. Um, but on Saturday, 5,000 of the track's members will be let in as part of a crowds trial at sporting events. It'll be very interesting to see how that uh, plays out. And um, the racing as well is uh, high class all week. So to preview that, we have uh, Harry Reynolds and Ben Wignall uh, with me. Chaps, you well? Yeah, very good. After a, an excellent day on Saturday, is, is anyone who read the tips will know? Uh, here we go. Yeah, I've, I didn't have much luck yesterday. I've not had much luck since um, since the July meeting, to be fair. But um, no, I'm hoping for a bit of a, a change in fortune uh, the next five days for Goodwood. So firstly, before we get on to good we want to get your reaction to uh, last Saturday's action and enables historic third win in the King George um, Harry she was expected to win but uh, she did it in some style yeah it's just ridiculous to be honest it's, I just sort of sat and watched it and all of, all of her she's, she's amazing what what she does with the sport her and Frankie Latore and they put put racing really on the map um, she obviously Travelled so well as she always does. Uh, carried herself really well, and then Japan clearly didn't give his best running, but it was a solid test set by Sovereign, who won an Irish Derby, whatever you think of him. So she just powered up to him, didn't she? And, and almost laughed at him going past, and, and went away to win by just over five lengths. So yeah, it, it was phenomenal, and, and three King Georges never been done before. Uh, probably would have been four, wouldn't it, if, if she hadn't been injured in her, her four-year-old campaign. So, yeah, she's just amazing. And, and we've got to sort of cherish her for the next two or three runs, whatever it is, before she goes off to stud. And, uh, Ben, your thoughts on um, Enable going forward, despite the uh, the poor renewal in terms of the field size, it has to be said, only three runners. Yeah, it was great to see Enable win so convincingly. We know she's... They want that third arc desperately after the disappointment of losing out to Waldgeist last year. But I do think it was a bit of a, a sham that it only had three runners. It's supposed to be one of the world's most prestigious races. And I know that COVID has changed the prize money situation in this country. But from what we've seen, travelling shouldn't really be a huge issue. We've seen multiple English-based horses go over to Ireland and France and Irish horses come over here and even Mark Johnson sent one to the Italian derby uh, a few weeks ago. So I was disappointed that the French didn't send one over. I was hoping maybe Sotsas came 
And there is, apart from John Gosden, we've enabled there's no English representation. Godolphin don't seem to have many good middle distance horses, which is pretty strange considering they're supposed to be a big worldwide powerhouse. Um suppose Roger Varian could have put Defoe in, he probably he definitely wouldn't have won, but he could have run into the places on his his best day and the three-year-olds swerved the race as well. I was gutted none of them turn up from the derby. Not to say that I think any of them could beat an able, um, but the likes of English King, Khalifa Sat looked like they're going to Goodwood instead, but it would have been perhaps nice to see at least one of them um, take on the older horses. But it's been and gone now. We saw an able absolutely hack up and I look forward to Fingers crossed, hopefully going to York, where I really hope that she takes on love, because um, that'll be a some race. It will be. I, I think it certainly reflects the uh, the situation um, at the minute with the uh, the season um, and the Derby being so so close uh, to the to the King George. Uh, the fact that there were no uh, three year olds. Uh, just quickly on uh, Japan, are we are we done? Are we done with Japan as well? I wouldn't say so. Um, we'll have to wait and see what comes out. Obviously, there was something not right because I, I think we'd all agree that he, he's better than Sovereign and the way that Sovereign set it up is actually perfect for Japan to come uh, from off the pace. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I would completely give up with him. Something will transpire. I know there wasn't a Stewart's in cry after, it was just a bit strange given he ran so, so far below form. Uh, but yeah, I'm not... I'm not sort of done with him yet. Obviously, it's pretty clear that he's not um, a top middle distance horse, but he'd, he'd still be a, a pretty good yardstick. At, at, well, uh, definitely at Group Two level, and he'll, he'll, he'll more than likely, if he does get back to form, be in and around the places in those sorts of races. Um, let's move on then to uh, this podcast, which is looking at um, the five days of uh, the Goodwood. Festival. So how it's going to work is we're going to do uh, the Group 1 races, the Goodwood Cup, preview that, the Sussex Stakes, which promises to be uh, some race uh, when we look at the, uh, the horses that are going to be involved in that. The, uh, the Nassau Stakes and um, plenty of other Group 2s as well uh, throughout uh, the week. And we'll get the chaps' best fancies there. And uh, just to say, we're recording this on the Sunday, so please don't give us uh, pelters if there are uh, non-runners throughout the week it's pretty impossible to predict let's start on day one which is the Goodwood Cups the feature at 315 uh, ran over two miles and Ben if we could have the latest show of betting please and we have the confirmed decks which is always nice yeah um, Stradivarius is looking to to win this race again and he's a very short price favorite to take this for Frankie the Tory at one to two after his Gold Cup heroics. Uh, he takes on the Queen's of Oz and Irish Derby winner, Santiago for Aidan O'Brien. And Ryan Moore, and he comes in at nine to four. And then aside from that, you've got big double figure prices. You've got the Gold Cup runner up, Nayef Road at 16 to one. To Mark Johnson, who loves having winners at Goodwood Festival, but I don't think one will be coming in this race. Um, 18 to one, you can get for. Eagles by Day, who had a, a good first time out win at York for David O'Moore after transferring stables uh, for Michael Bells. 
Uh, 18 to 1, you can also get for Spanish Mission uh, for David Simcock and, and the Doyle, James Doyle. And then at huge prices, Hugh Dares wins, uh, Royal Ascot winner. At 50 to 1 for Alan King, and the big outsider is Yukin Glenn for Jim Goldie and Asheen Murphy at 100 to 1. Uh, yes, uh, Stradivarius then uh, reappears looking for his fourth win in the race. Um, Harry, do you see him as unbeatable now after that display in the Ascot uh, Gold Cup? Yeah, uh, I mean, I always find it strange calling horse unbeat- unbeatable because obviously circumstances have to be right and especially on, on reappearance, a lot of them can be vulnerable. But I mean, at Goodwood, he does look invincible, really. The track suits suits his style of running with that uh, downhill finish and his quick turn of foot. He's just able to power from off the pace past horses. And, and let's be fair, a lot of the horses he, he's beaten there um, aren't the most talented, shall we say. So he's obviously got a very fierce rival in Santiago and it's it's good that there is another challenger for him. Uh, and obviously the difference in the weight, getting £15, pounds, uh, it, it it does make it interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of Santiago's form, to be honest, that Irish derby sort of looks like maybe more of a group three, in fairness, um, with the horses that have come out of it so far anyway. So, uh, maybe, maybe he's a little bit short, considering all that weight, but realistically, this is, this is Stradivarius' home ground, effectively, with, with the way it runs for him. And uh, I do see him winning a fourth Goodwood Cup. Yeah, I think he does win, um, but I don't think it'll be a, a walkover like the Gold Cup was at Ascot. Obviously, only one of the horses reposes from that day. That's Nath Road, who was plodding along Ted Lens back in second. But Santiago, he ran at Royal Ascot in the Queen's Vars over mile six, and he showed a pretty good turn of foot that day to to win convincingly. And then, obviously, came the Irish Derby, and that was a bit of a a messy race and the form wasn't isn't particularly great but that's obviously half a mile shorter than this trip and authorised is a proven national hunt stallion um, so the trip shouldn't be an issue it just depends whether he has the class and it's not like he's a a Galileo where obviously you, you say it could be anything because they get any kind of trip and he seemed to be they could be either the best horse in the world or just flop um, so I think Stradivarius should win this but I wouldn't be short for breath if Santiago does win um, especially like Harry said he's got £15 less to carry than Stradivarius but obviously he's a classy horse in the race Um I'd be excited to see if they're both going neck and neck with a fair long to go. Um, but, yeah, I can't stray, stray away from Stradivarius. Although it's not really a one to a big bet on being such short odds. Uh, no, I'd say that's a fair comment. Um, just quickly, Harry, on Santiago, do you see him as this is his next step on a campaign towards uh, the the ledger where he'll probably go off after that if he runs? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it seemed a logical route and obviously going into a ledger, knowing you stay a quarter of a mile further than the trip, uh, you're going to go there with a massive chance and obviously the way you ran at Royal Ascot would, would suggest it, it would be very, uh, very likely contender there. Um, as a as a purist, I, I personally want to see Love go for 
the same ledger is actually no doubt she'll get the trip based on what we've seen and, and her pedigree and her, her sister ran over that uh, won over that distance and how often do you actually get to see a triple crown contender in this country obviously it's a lot more more possible in America where the races are very similar distances but to win from a mile up to a mile and three quarters in one season is, is some achievement and, and I really wanted to go there I know the money's not there and the money's in the arc but there's absolutely no reason why she can't do both but I, I would think that Levin Santiago would be a pretty good race in the ledger obviously I mean uh, you'd have to say that Love would be the most likely winner but hopefully that'll be the clash we get although there's plenty of other contenders like we've seen Doreen uh, this week Tudan Hotspur brother uh, he looks like he's going to be in and around that uh, that market. So, yeah, uh, it'll be it. It looks like Aiden O'Brien's got a couple of good contenders for that, anyway. Yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, discuss love on future uh, podcasts as to where she will uh, go next. Probably the Yorkshire Oaks, um, as as Ben alluded to earlier. Up perhaps up against uh, Enable, that would be a great clash. And um, yeah, the, the, the lure of the arc and uh, all the allowances she'll get as a three-year-old and a filly is, is certainly, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'd love it to go for the Triple Crown, but um, I, I, don't, I don't see it personally with the, the lure of all, all that with, with the arc. Um, just quickly, selections then for, the, for this race. Is it a Stradivarius clean sweep? Yeah, Stradivarius to me, although I'll be interested to see how uh, Eagles by Day runs. Um, obviously, one first time out for David O'Mara uh, last week at York, stepping up to uh, a mile six and it steps up another couple of furlongs here, but I don't necessarily think it'll have the, the class to trouble either Stradivarius or Santiago, but you never know. Santiago could throw a stinker and uh, um, the second place could be up for grabs. Yeah, it's disappointing that we're sort of one short of three three uh, places each way on this. So, there's not really a massive each way play in this, unless, as Ben said, you think one of the top two is going to bum out completely. Um, yeah, I, I just think Stradivarius is too good and he, he just seems to keep beating whatever's put in front of him. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the the seven runners is a is a kick in the teeth for punters. It has to be said um, for this race. Uh, so yeah, uh, not a betting race for me. Stradivarius uh, will win, I think. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Why not let us know what you think? Get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media. Uh, let's move on to day two and the feature of the entire week really is the Sussex Stakes um, over a mile and it's, it is an absolute humdinger of a race, maybe the race of the season so far. Um, here's the runners and riders uh, then as we stand. Siskin is your 7-4 to four, uh, favourite for Jer Lyons. Uh, second favourite 9-4 to four, is Mahartha uh, for Marcus Tregoning. Cameco is at threes, the 2,000 guineas winner. Circus Maximus is at six, sixes. Wichita at eights, and it's 14 to one bar. This is some race, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, although the price we're paying is, as we saw in the King George, probably a lack of that competitiveness in the middle distance races. But uh, you can have it all, can you? And, and the mile division has, has sort of been a stinker, certainly the elder mile division anyway. In, in recent years, we've had uh, Here Comes When beating Ribchester in this three years ago and then 
uh, Lightning Spear the year after that, which is, um, you wouldn't really have them down as Group 1 horses, but there we are. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fascinating race. Obviously, as you both know, I, I sort of really wanted to see Pinato right here, but uh, a track that would suit him. But he's obviously got other targets in mind and, and only raced a couple of weeks ago, so I understand that decision. But yeah, I mean, I think the odds are all wrong, as I'm sure Ben will go on to, because I know he feels the same way. But Mahatha should just not be second favourite on, on what he's done. He's there purely on potential, and the bookies are probably running for cover. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm personally, I'm really torn. I'm, I'm not sure what I'll actually have a bet on this race because even towards the bottom of the market, San Donato ran a really nice race on rear pins behind Mahatha in the summer mile last time, and obviously Vatican City. I imagine he's fought into one uh, because he's probably not going to run here and he's entered later in the week in a different race in the Group 3. But if he does run, 14 to 1 is a massive prize considering what happened to him in the Irish Guineas behind Siskin. He got absolutely no luck at all. was switched out. Had to go all around everyone and then finally started flying late. Obviously, didn't stay in the derby as um, everyone with a grain of sense knew based on his pedigree and all his siblings formed. But this is a full brother to Green Eagles and back at a mile. I'd be very, very interested in him. Ben, uh, let's let's talk about Siskin then. Where do you stand on um, on this horse? People have been picking holes in the uh, in the race that he won, the Irish Two Thousand Guineas. But you know, the fact that he was you know, bumped around and still won was very impressive. No. Yeah, hey, um, it looked like the Aidan's horses were going to box him in on the rail. Um, in the end, getting out, he might have uh, bumped into one of them, but the stewards didn't seem to think he. Colin Key did anything wrong and he was powering away at the end and he had Vatican City behind him who had no real looking running at the end Lope Fernandez who he bombed out in the Commonwealth over sprinting trip but then he came back to finish second in the uh, the Prejean Pratt behind Pinatubo so it's it's pretty decent for him um, and obviously being the unbeaten horse he's probably going to attract the most attention and he's a uh, uh, See, he's a worthy favourite, and obviously, Joe Lyons and Colin Key. I think he's coming over to ride. He they're in very good form this season in Ireland. They're really taking it to the big guns. Um, they've had O'Brien and and Bally Doyle, so they're taking the chance over here. Um, and it like Harry said, it does look like a a very stacked that race and you alluded to Joe that it could be the race of the season I think it is um, so far how competitive it is and from what Harry said that I wouldn't agree with the odds and I don't Mahaffey is currently second favourite and he's he was one of my horses to follow at the start of the season he didn't get any looking running in the Queen Anne and then he bolted in at Ascot in the Group 2 Summer Mile a couple of weeks back but being ahead of Kamiko, who's a 2000 Guineas winner and his form looks solid ahead of Wichita and Pinatubo. And then you've got a three-time Group 1 winner at a mile, Circus Maximus, who's doubled the price of Mahalfa at 6-1. to one. I just think that's a bit daft. I think both of those horses should be ahead of Mahalfa in the odds. Yeah, uh, just quickly, Harry, on, um, on Siskin. Um, the last time we saw him on uh, English soil, he was withdrawn from the middle park at, at, at Newmarket. Um, would that give you any concern considering his, his price or do you think he's over that now? 
I wouldn't take any notice of that, to be honest. It was, it was a freak incident. He's had five of the starts and been absolutely perfect. So I think you can just sort of put a line through that. Um, I, I think his price is a fair one. I mean, you've, you've got an unbeaten classic winner at, at seven to four. That's a pretty good price. So uh, not that I'd personally take it. And as, as you mentioned, people have been picking holes in the form. I, I, would, I would take that view as well. Um, although, you can, again, as we said before, you, you can only be able to put in front of you. I just, I just sort of think this, this is a race with a bit of value in it elsewhere. You, you touched on, uh, on all the other protagonists, but Kamiko uh, didn't quite stay the, um, the derby trip. But um, Ben, back at, back at a mile, obviously, winner of the, winner of the 2000 guineas, very impressive winner, beating Wichita and uh, Pinatubo. Um, are you uh, all over him here? Well, I'm from what I said about him in the first podcast with him before the Guineas, I actually said that I couldn't see this horse actually really winning Group Ones. I thought the Virtue and Futurity form being on the all weather it would have flattered him, but I've done a complete 180 on him after that went well. Seeing the, <laughs> yeah, after seeing the way he won the <laughs> seen the way he won the Guineas, I've done a complete 180 on him. Uh, he's really impressive. Um, obviously, showed he's got some engine. And from the derby, I would have been interested to see, obviously, if Serpentine didn't get that clear lead. Um, I would have been interested to see how close he would have finished. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say he didn't fully stay. Like, I didn't bomb out. He was still with the chasing pack at the end. But dropping back to a mile away, you know, he's proven over and he's won a group one, uh, two group ones, sorry. Um, yeah, I do quite fancy him for this race. And uh, touching on the Aiden runners, um, Harry, you've put your ball in the court for uh, Vatican City being uh, overpriced. Um, Circus Maximus as well could potentially be overpriced. You I mean he's he's ultra consistent, obviously winner of the Queen Anne uh, a few weeks ago. Do you think this horse? gets the credit that he deserves. He, the fact that he's not flashy, quote-unquote, does that you know hold it against him a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he obviously never wins by that far. I mean, that was a thrilling race in the Queen Anne. Obviously, Terry Bellum hasn't necessarily franked the form since, but he still won, won well that day. And um, yeah, he's, he's massively overpriced at 6-1, to one, considering he ran well in this last year behind two down hot. Um, the issue for me, and I'm still really unsure with what I'm going to go for in this race, but Mahatha and Circus Maximus have both got to give the three-year-olds eight pounds. And it's a lot of weight to be given horses like Siskin and Kamiko. Um, so they're going to have to be very good to win this. Uh, I, I definitely agree that Circus Maximus is always overlooked and he's got some top-class form. Uh, going back to Kamiko, I mean, he definitely didn't stay in, in the derby. Ashin Murphy said as much. I'm surprised that they've dropped back to a mile, to be honest. I thought they'd sort of go a mile two and, and maybe for the Gemma International, but this is the plan. So uh, I, I don't think I could put you off him. There's, there's not much I could put anyone off in this, to be honest. It's, it's so open. Uh, I would agree with, with both of you. It's, it's absolutely on paper the race of the season so far. Well, I'm I'm going to put a gun to your head now um, and uh, ask for your selections. Then it could be could be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I'm. Before we start recording, Harry was selecting me for going um, off my half for being one of my horses to follow. But yeah, I think with obviously with the weight allowance as well, I think Kamiko could 
take this, but yeah, it's a very competitive race and it wouldn't surprise me if a number of these are going north to north when we come into the uh, the final hundred yards. But yeah, I'm going for Kamiko in this run, uh, in this race. Sorry, I'm I'm so torn. I I just I wanted to let my hair fit, but his price is just so short and it just sort of almost seems unbackable. Uh, yeah, I'll say my I think my is probably the most likely winner. He's just clearly got so much untapped potential, still really unexposed in in these sorts of races. Um, I just really am not mad about the price, but um, I suppose it's a good price if it wins. So I'll I'll, I'll probably go Mahatha. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm as torn as 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 you you guys as well. I'll I'll probably do my head in by looking at this race for about two hours and then come up with the same the same uh, opinion that I've got now. Um, I think Siskin is a monster. I think I I really think he's um, he's top top class. Siskin for me, but um, Circus Maximus is just definitely overpriced. Now, if you're enjoying this, then why not check out our blog? You can find it on our website. Just search for Matchday FM. Let's move on then to talk about the uh, Nassau Stakes, which is ran on the uh, Thursday. We've got last year's winner, uh, Deirdre, in this. Uh, ben, if you'd take us through uh, the other runners here. Yeah, we've got uh, Nazif, the 5-2 favourite for John Gosden. Um, she's been a, a very improving horse um, since she started last year. Um, second favourite, we've got another Sheikh Hamdan horse like Nazif in Torquil, who's coming over from France. Um, for Jean-Claude Rouget, she's 11-4, to four. she's unbeaten. Um, the 4-1 to one third favourite is Fancy Blue for new, newly Group 1 winning trainer Donica O'Brien. Um, she won the, the Prix de Diane a couple of weeks back in a, a very good finish. Deirdre, the last year's winner uh, for Japan, she's ridden by Sheen Murphy and she's 5-1 to one along with Magic One, both of those horses ran in the coal eclipse not too long ago. Um, Queen Power eight to one for Sir Michael Stout in King Power Racing. Jesse Harrington saddles one voice ten to one, and the outsider of the field is Lavender's Blue at sixteen to one for Amanda Perrett. Um, it looks like a very open renewal, uh, Harry. Where where are you? Where are you looking here? Well, I'm, I'm surprised that Nazif is the market leader as, as it stands. I'm not sure the step-up in trip is to our benefit, um, <clears throat> which is sort of closely related to Marla's, and she obviously just about got home at, at the mile um, last night at a new market. So I, I, I've been waiting to see Tork Hill since she won the Group 1 uh, in France in June. And, yeah, I, I think she, she could be an absolute superstar. Uh, absolutely cleared away that day, won by over five lengths, and it, she's a decent price. To be fair, three to one for a Group One winner. Um, you know she's going to stay the trip. Uh, the ground is an unknown, but I, I don't see it being a problem being by Tia Filo if it, if it's good or she already went on good to soft. So I think she's the one. Obviously, Fancy Blue is is very interesting, a classic winner, and yeah, it's a it's a much better race than last year. Anyway, Tokyo, she's done nothing wrong. Uh, 
unbeaten in four races, um, winning the Group 1 pretty comfortably, I think, by five lengths. Um, but Fancy Blue, she was she came second in the uh, Irish 1,000 guineas. And you could tell she needed to step up in trip. And she got that extra furlongs in the uh, in the pre Um And that was a really close blanket finish with Alpine Star, who won the Coronation Cup. Peaceful, who won the, the Thousand Guineas. So it's really, really solid form. Um, Pierre Charles Bruno gave her a, a brilliant ride that day. Fancy Blue, she's the eye catcher for me. But the Nazif, she's... The ever improving horse. She's gone from maiden race and novice to handicap, and then when she came back this year, she won a listed race. Um, and then the group to it, Royal Ascot, the Duke of Cambridge, where she just ground it out, and then she won the Falmouth, beating Terrabellum back into third um, on the July course at Newmarket. She's it's hard to fault any of these market leaders really in what they've done. Um, John Gosden's a master trainer, so you couldn't really be put off back in one of his. Um, but yeah, this like the Sussex, this is a a really competitive race. Um, there's Group One form behind in Deirdre and Magic Wand as well. So I think the odds could be very open, like it is on the day, like it is is now. So uh, who are we tipping up here? Talk ill for me. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with Fancy Blue after backing her in the um, in the pre today, and hopefully she can take another step forward, proving at the trip, um, and hopefully Donica can get himself another another Group One in his very early training career. Yep, I would go along with Fancy Blue as well. Um, on the third day, there's a couple of other uh, decent uh, races. Uh, the 2.15 is the Qatar Richmond Stakes, the Group 2 for the two-year-olds. Uh, the likes of Admiral Nelson and Kader uh, should run there along with Yazaman. Um, but the race I want to touch on is the 2.45, which is the Gordon Stakes, Group 3 uh, for the three-year-olds over a mile and a half. And um, it looks like if, if the... Uh, if the the uh, the early declarations or anything to go by that uh, some of the protagonists from the derby will turn up here. English King is up there at five to two. Uh, Anti Post uh, Tiger Moth is in there as well. Al Arsi perhaps might not run. Khalifa Sat even Mogul in there um, at six to one. Um, chaps, what are we what are we thinking of uh, of this if if uh, if all those run? Yeah, it looks to be a. A pretty exciting race, doesn't it? Obviously, English King will have to get a better ride than he did in the Derby. And yeah, there's some pretty pretty good horses in there with untapped potential. Obviously, Al Azi won at Newmarket uh, during the July Festival of the week. Tiger Moth was uh, behind Santiago in the Irish Derby and uh, could, could just get me anything. Khalifa Sats won at Goodwood. Obviously, might end up following Mogul off a cliff if, if I keep backing him any longer, but uh, there's that. And then obviously, Highland Chief, and there's plenty. It just looks a really exciting race. Um, I, I do like Alazi. I'm just not sure the drop back in trip, accompanied with the sort of speed favoured trek, is going to suit him. And he's got a three pound penalty for winning that group three the other week. And I would probably, I'm not even sure to be honest. I, uh, I, I, might, I might just give Mogul one last chance at six to one. Um, 
things didn't necessarily go well for any of them in the derby and they all got a pretty poor ride. But Japan improved as the season went on for him as a three-year-old. He'll obviously get the trip. I think the, the more speed-favoured element of it will will help him. And I th- I just think you can oppose English King. English King probably is the most likely winner, but I kind of just want to want to take him on. And yeah, uh, it it would probably be Mogul for me and and Fed, and that it might even be Tiger Moth. And um, I back I backed him on his reappearance uh, in Ireland this season. And he obviously ran a credit for a race beyond Santiago, and that form could look could if Santiago managed to beat. Chaveris look even better. So yeah, that, that looks um pretty good race. Yeah, unlike you, I'm not giving Morgan another chance. That Ascot race absolutely um, ruined it for me. He was a a big pie that day, so I, I won't give him another chance. Yeah, but he was uh, fat there, wasn't he? I don't care. Well. I, I'm fat. still not giving him another chance. I even with the three pound penalty of Alarcy goes here, I was so impressed with what he did um, at Newmarket, but. I wouldn't necessarily put throw him in here. I thought he'd be going to the Voltage maybe um, at York and then onto the St Ledger. But obviously he's won over a mile five in the in the Bahrain Trophy. And there's not many group races over that distance or the the mile six before the St Ledger. So he's going to inevitably have to take a tiny drop back in trip wherever. Um, but yeah, like Harry said, there's a lot of different form lines and the depth in this race looks pretty good at the moment. Unless well, I think a few horses will probably get taken out. Um, yeah, English King, like a lot of the horses, if they were close to the pace in the Derby, what could have been? Um, Tiger Moth, the Irish Derby, we'll see obviously how that form stacks up if whatever Santiago does in the Goodwood Cup. Um, Khalifa Sat's already won at this at this track um, in the Cocktat Stakes. Before going on to the Derby second, we'll, that Derby second may have flattered him. See, Tom Markham was one of the only ones who spotted that Serpentine was getting away, and he made that early-ish move to try and catch him, but it it never happened. But um, yeah, if Alarcy does go here, I'll be backing him. Um, if he doesn't, if you're putting a gun to my head, I'd probably back Khalifa Sat. Um, Tom Marquand's in pretty good form as well. You know, eleven to two at the minute. That looks like decent odds. And Andrew Bolding's obviously very in form as well. Tiger Moth for me, Harry. You're giving Mogul another chance. You brave yeah, man. it'd be Mo- Mogul or Tiger Moth, probably one of those two. Good stuff. Um, on Friday, uh, the King George Qatar Stakes is the uh, feature. Batash is a very short favourite. Two to five, you can get him at the moment liberty beach 11 to 2 glass glass slippers at 13 uh, to 2 and it's uh, 10 to 1 bar batash just wins this doesn't he yeah he's basically invincible at goodwood it just it favors him perfectly as i've said a few times it's very speed oriented track and uh going down that hill there's just nothing that can live with him uh, i don't care how big a weight you put on his back he's just gonna beat these he's really beaten Basically, all of them. Um, yeah, he's just too good. He's the best sprinter in the world. And uh, Ben, is this the next step towards uh, the Nunthorpe, which we will preview uh, in, a, in a month's time, which should be a, a cracking race? Yeah, he's going for the um, four-timer here. Uh, wouldn't last three years in a row. Um, he's clear on ratings to anyone in this race. He's already had Liberty Beach and Glass Slippers. 
in behind them at Ascot and then I can't see any of the the others in behind at double figure prices troubling him. Um on his days arguably the best sprinter in the world. He's obviously got his quirks. Um but yeah, this is just a stepping stone to to that five furlongs on the nerves, Maya. Um and like you said, that's shaping up to be something very exciting. Um Art Power who who just keeps on winning won a group race in Ireland uh, the other week. Uh, Wesley Ward sending a two-year-old over who will be carrying just eight stone. Uh, a. Arley as well has come back for Simon Crisford and and he's, and won it a group two uh, and also won a group two at Sandown a couple of weeks back. So that race will obviously preview in more detail um, next month. But yeah, Batash, obviously it's not really a, a bet here. You might want to go for a, a length bet. Um, but yeah, two to five reflects the um, the lack of real quality in this race. Indeed, a clean sweep for uh, Batash. Um, and there's another intriguing race on the Friday, which is the Bonhams Thoroughbred Stakes, which is the 215 uh, Group 3 for three-year-olds. And um, again, we're, we're guessing with the entries, but uh, Kalusi is in here at 7-4 to four at the minute. Vatican City is also in the betting at four to one, depending on whether he goes for the Sussex. Arizona as well for Aidan O'Brien. And it's uh, Mai Oberon at six to one, Tilsit seven to one, Lord Campari eight to one and 10 to one bar. Um, Kalusi, I mean, it's very hard not to be uh, impressed by, um, by him, Harry, and, uh, and could be a good winner of this as well. Yeah, he obviously cleared away in the Britannia at Royal Ascot and was particularly impressive. Um, I, I, to be fair, Vatican City runs it. I'll be all over him because it's just got proven Group One form. And um, second behind Siskin is miles makes him miles the best of any of these. And yeah, I, I think that four to one as it stands, obviously I, that would change if he doesn't get the clear from Sussex. But I think Vatican City would be um, a pretty warm order here. That four to one could look very big, but I was looking at the um, two horses that won back quite away last time out. Tilsit won by nineteen lengths at Newcastle on the all weather. Uh, I don't think it, it beat much at all, uh, but he's by the same sire as the Siskin first defender. And my Auburn as well won last week at York um, by six lengths, and that looked really impressive. And it's got the the sea of class and see the stars connections. Um, and William Haggis trains, he's really informed. Um, if my Auburn does turn up here, then I might this might be the one to back. Obviously, Kalusi's got uh, was very impressed with Royal Ascot in handicap company, and it steps up to it. Well, we assume it'll step up to group company for the first time. Um, there's horses I can probably rule out on collateral form uh, further down, like. Boccaccio, who came second at York this week. Um, the outside is Ropey Guest, who's, I think he's still a maiden, isn't he? Um, but he's always popping up in these group races and placing or just being on the edge of the places. And at 25 to 1, I wouldn't put you off backing him each way. I don't know how many runners it's going to be. And obviously, there's 12 entered at the minute. Um, I assume we'll probably end up getting three places. If Vatican City and Arizona were both going for the for the Sussex, then I will go for my Auburn just on these 
his potential and what he did at, at York last week is really impressive. And Harry, what's your selection? Yeah, as it stands, that I can say. Good stuff. Um, I'm putting out a uh, an apology disclaimer where, as I said before, we're recording this on on the Sunday before, so we have no information about any runners for the Saturday. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't doesn't particularly look uh, the best of uh, of cards. Um, but uh, hopefully, it'll be some good action for the. Uh, the 5,000 uh, Goodwood members who uh, are allowed to go on my birthday, I should say, um, on the, on next next uh, next Saturday. Let's uh, get the chaps' best bets uh, for uh, the week, and uh, maybe something that we haven't mentioned uh, so far on the uh, Goodwood podcast. I'll start with you, Harry. Yeah, my my better week would be on Tuesday, one that's been declared uh, Space Blues in the Lennox. Got good form in from the pre John Pratt last year behind two down hot. Uh beat Safe Voyage earlier this season in France. And Safe Voyage obviously set a course record at Epsom when he last ran. And um he's around three to one at the moment and I think he's a very good thing. Yeah, I like um Space Blues too, but I will look for something else and I'm looking at the Richmond on Thursday where a few of them reappears from the July stakes at Newmarket and Admiral Nelson uh, may come back over Aidan O'Brien after flopping a bit in the uh, Coventry stakes where we had that big 150 to 1 winner um, in Nando Parado. Um, I'm going for Yazaman in the Richmond stakes. He's currently 11 to 4. Um, the form from the Windsor Castle was confirmed in the July stakes with Tactical coming out and winning with Yazaman coming second. Um, and I think he can get the better of Carter once again. Um, he still he looks like a very useful horse, Yazaman. And just unfortunately, the bump into Tactical a, a couple of times. Um, and I put him up as in one of these horses to follow after he won his maiden at Newmarket, uh, not at Newmarket, sorry, at Yarmouth. Um, He'll be wearing blinkers again like he has done since his his first run. Um and yeah, eleven to four. Hopefully he'll be running and I'll be all over that. Yeah, and uh, I'd be keen on um Dark Lion in the vintage stakes on Tuesday, the two fifteen, uh the group two. He is facing facing the Cheshire winner battleground, but uh six to one is a is a decent price. Was uh, fourth in behind uh, Nando Parado. I backed him that day. And uh, I'll be happy to back him again for the Roger Variant stable. Uh, thank you very much to Harry and Ben for giving up your Sunday afternoon. Let's uh, let's hope some winners from you uh, this week, and uh, we'll we'll have some tips as well on on the website. That um, we'll uh, we'll see how see how we all do, um, and uh, we'll we'll see you uh, we'll see you all next time. <laughs>